0: Hello, hello, everyone. Hope all is well. My name is Isaac Serwonga, Princeton University, class of 2013 here, uh, and could not be more excited uh, to begin this podcast on behalf of uh, the Association of of Black Princeton Alumni. And, you know, we're just here to to tell stories and to kind of deep dive into, you know, what our amazing alum, you know, alum are up to. And my first guest is a good friend of mine. Uh, Trevor Wilkins, class of 2013. Trevor, what's going on? How are you, my man?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on today, bro. How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I, I'm excited because usually, you know, when you when you do these type of interviews, you don't know the background here. And I just be straightforward, you know, to, to have a close friend on is, is really something cool. But, but I will uh, start off by reading your bio, man, because you've done some incredible things. Um, so Trevor Wilkins has experience in developing strong go-to market strategies and scaling mobile platforms. And his last role as co-founder of Kudzu, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Trevor helped manage day-to-day operations and grow the app's user base to over half a million students worldwide. In 2016, Trevor and his partner were recognized by Forbes magazine and named to the 30 under 30 list. And education for their work with Kudzu. as a principal at quake Trevor will help manage cohort operations assist in sourcing potential portfolio investments and expanding quakes presence on the west coast first and foremost how you like in LA
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I love an LA man you know I'm from Chicago and I' lived in New York so you know the, the whole concept of no seasons, 75 all year long is something that I'm pretty pretty excited about, man. It's I gotta be honest. with you.
0: It's a little different from from our stomping grounds at Princeton, right? You got sun all the time. You don't really have to worry too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, no humidity. I went back for reunions last year yep. and was drenched in sweat. I was like, "What is this? This is this is different. I don't I don't know if I like this."
0: Well, on behalf of all Californians, let me just say, welcome. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank so I want to jump into it, man. I want you to take me back. And, you know, this is our first time doing this. But uh, one of the things I thought was really cool was, you know, that the opportunity to go to Princeton for all of us, no matter how far out we are from, from graduation, was an uh, unforgettable experience. What was, take me back, and you said you're from uh, Chicago, is, is your heart, man. Take me back to the moment when you figured out, or got that acceptance letter uh, to Princeton. Can you remember it?
1: Uh, Yeah, man, I I remember it clear as day. I was driving to school. I was a senior at Whitney Young High School. I had my little brother, who was a sophomore at the time, in the car, my little sister, who was in eighth grade at the time. And it was, I think, November or December, my senior year, and Coach Hughes called me um and of course i was waiting on the call and so you know i was in the middle of driving so i picked it up and i was like hey let me call you right back <laughs> um <laughs> those were like the the most nerve-wracking five minutes of my life from yeah. the time i yeah off the exit to the time i parked because i didn't know how it was gonna go i didn't know if he was gonna call but like, hey man like Really like what you do. Really like what you're doing. What you're up to, but not gonna be off. So <laughs> I, I told my uh, <laughs> I told my uh, my brother and sister, just you know, go inside. I'll meet you there in a second. Uh, and I called Coach Hughes back, and he was like, "Hey man, I just want to let you know we really liked everything, but I had a question for you. Do you want to be a Tiger?" And I was like, like I, I I didn't say anything back because I I just like dropped my head. And I was just like so thankful. And he was like, "Hello," and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah." I I'm mean, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> uh, so you know that was, that was the moment I, uh, I I got in, and you know it was it was very very. I I know I didn't understand the impact. I know I didn't understand mm. you know the gravity of what that meant. Uh, At that moment, you know, for me, it was just like, oh, I'm going to be able to keep playing football and, you know, going to a pretty good school. You know, Ivy Leagues aren't that big in Chicago. Like, I didn't really know where New Jersey was Mm. on a map before going to Princeton. Like, I knew it was one of those small states up to the right, but I didn't know, you know, exactly where it was and really what Princeton meant.
0: You know, it's funny even hearing that story because I'm reflecting back to my own. Now, were you... I know your family. You guys are, uh, you know, as far as your siblings, you guys are education juggernauts, man.
1: He either graduated Princeton or my high school, two thousand one, and he played football there. And I, I was, you know, in high school, as of all of us, we thought, you know, I'm going to the league, like mm-hmm. I, Princeton.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why would I go to the Why would I go to the Ivy League? I'm trying to go to the NFL,
2: right? Um,
1: you know, shortly after, I realized I was not D one talent. Uh, I I started you know, setting my sights a little bit more realistically. Um, and really didn't even know the Ivy Leagues had football teams and really didn't think I had the grades to get in, so wasn't paying attention to it. I ran into Ishmael at a event, like an Ivy League event my mom dragged me to and you know, I remember talking to him, I was like, No, nah, I'm not you know, I'm not cut out for Princeton, man. I'm not you guys don't even have a football team. Which so he responded he was like, "Yes, we do. We just won, it was over six or something like that." He was like, "Yes, we do. We just won the high league championship." What are you talking about? And I was just like, "What are you? What?" Right. So I was so baffled. Um, you know, I went home and I checked it out. And I just thought they attend a couple guys to the NFL. I was like, "Oh, this might be able to, you know, be something." Then I did even more research, and you know, as a as a high schooler. The high school guy you 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 are obsessed with with cars, and you know you're trying you're starting to define your definition of what success is or what success means right, so right. of course, I'm looking at how much people make outside of Princeton I'm just like, oh man, like this is the number one school cool i'm I'm signed up um mm. you know, fast forward however many years until I got in um you know it wasn't it didn't really become a it wasn't like my parents were you know didn't have their thumb on us and saying you will go to an Ivy League school they were tough for sure but they really just wanted us to do the best we could with what we had right. and what they provided for us and what stemmed out of that was a combination of athletic and academic skills that you know fortunately kind of spread through my, to my siblings as well my know uh, my brother ended up playing soccer at Yale and really kinda of looking at the same model that, that I have followed and we were we we're are still very close. And you know, I think I think honestly it was really just him being smart and athletic, but I kinda of tipped it to it as well, just saying, hey, this could work. My sister, uh she ended up playing water polo at 10, but she actually just got in on her own. She she's a smart one mm. between the three
0: of us. <laughs> so the family, man, <laughs> just, just talent all around. Now now fast forward you you get to Princeton University, man, and I wanted to jump into this Uh, you know, there was actually a moment and I, and I, and I, it, it just hit my mind. I remember we were in, I can't remember the class, but we were taking a class together at Princeton, probably junior year. And, uh, I don't remember what the class was, but I remember it had nothing to do with, uh, entrepreneurship. (laughs) It It had zero to do with creating any type of businesses, any type of ideas, And I remember one particular day we went to a class and we came out and you were like going in, I thought you were writing notes in the back of the class and you got out of class and I was like, man, what are you writing? And you showed me a plan for some, it wasn't even a business I think you created, but it was some idea that you had that (laughs) you're like, man, this is going to be it. And it was that, it was that moment for me when I knew that you kind of, that was your knack. That's your thing to create. Uh, to be in that space so fast forward obviously the accolades and the things that you've done but i guess the, the question that i have is what were there experiences at princeton either in class or out of class that fostered that that entrepreneurial mindset that entrepreneurial thinking or is that something that's just in you
1: um i i mean the experience was was uh kind of messing around and not doing what I was supposed to do in the classroom. <laughs> Ended up, like a 2.0 GPA. So I just got to figure nobody was going to be hiring me. Um, and, you know, honestly, another experience that I had my freshman year, I got a chance to work for uh, John Rogers,
2: mm. uh,
1: founder of Ariel investments who played basketball at Princeton as well. And, you know, god bless finance and god bless john but i I was just not a great intern like Mm -hmm. i was just not cut out for it um but i really admired john i really admired the way he you know his his team looked up to him and really just kind of go for war go to war for him and believe in the mission that he had established and i really thought to myself like i can i can do that and there were Mm -hmm. so many points in my Princeton career where I really looked up and you know I looked at where I wanted to go you know your perspective changes as you see different things right like I'm coming from Chicago and to me having an M45 Infinity was was making it Mm -hmm. then I got to Princeton and, and you know I met and I had a chance to meet a lot of great people a lot of successful people um one gentleman blanking on his name right now this is so embarrassing but uh he was one of the first people to buy a private flight to uh to to space wow Uh, you know he sat me down he was like he showed me the space outfit showed me the whole uh greg olson is his name okay uh, showed me the whole you know training regimen and at the end of it he you know told me that the i think the ticket cost him a million or something like that and he was like yeah, I've got to sell another company to get into a, to go to space again. Wow! And I was just like, yeah, it was just like life is so much bigger. There's so much more out there than an M45 <laughs> Infinity. Hmm. Um, and you know, I, I I truly felt empowered in part by being at Princeton, in part by you know seeing people who came from the Ivy League. And you know, remember our freshman year, Barack Obama became the first black president. Right. So it was really like. There are no ceilings. There are no, you know, no type of limits on where this thing can go. And I think that for me, um, you know, I got a very, you know, coming from Chicago, Princeton was a, a weird social change for me. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time, you know, just <laughs> in the crib on, you know, on the, on the internet or on the museum or whatever it might've been. And, you know, that kind of fostered me to see different businesses that were popping out of different ways tech was being used, uh, you know, to, for people to make a lot of money, Um, you know, different, uh, different other entrepreneurial avenues. And I realized just how many resources Princeton had and how I could be able to help kind of develop and foster the Princeton entrepreneurial community. And they embraced me, you know, very, very heavily, which I truly extremely appreciate. and yeah, that was kind of where that's where it kind of came from. Man. Just just a lot of different factors uh, while during my time at Princeton.
0: Man, it's fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating to hear the origins of of how people became successful in their own in their own right. And there's so many different ways to get there. But it sounds like you know, and it's something that I'm realizing too. But there was a big part in relationships, and you're dropping names, and I'm I'm like, I know you didn't meet these guys in class. So tell me about tell me about your 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 approach to being in college as far as um, you know taking advantage of something like you know the ABPA community or something like you know the entrepreneurial community at Princeton University. What kind of impact did that have on you, and how did you actually do that?
1: Um, yeah, man. You know, it's funny to hear you you ask that because now it makes me kind of reflect and think that you know that was really where. It the majority of the value yes. that I got from Princeton came from. I mean, love sociology. Like, love right.
0: Right. everything
1: right. that it did for me and allowed me to do. Um, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not as concrete in this world. And the, again, you know, a lot of what I did was forged out of the fact that I didn't think I was going to get a job because my DPA was so trash. Mm. And part of that was, part of that was also, you know, made me realize that, I'm going to have to forge some relationships. And in part of that, you know, it wasn't completely, it wasn't completely opportunistic because for me it was really kind of hard to vibe with a lot of the kids at Princeton for about a year and a half, two years. And (laughs) Then something kind of snapped at me. It was just like, Hey man, like you're going to be miserable this entire time. If you don't go out and branch out and kind of see what people are about, Um, you know, so it started off when the eating clubs or with our teammates on football team and, just kind of branching out, just seeing what people were about, um, and from there, once I got more comfortable on campus, it, you know, entrepreneurship kind of started taking over the majority of my brain space. And from there, I just kind of started talking about ideas. You know, you—I'm sure you remember—you just kind of you spitballing all the time and just kind of putting stuff out there. And yep. you know, a lot of it was trash, but <laughs> you <know>, it so, <laughs> <people. laughs> yeah. uh, so people you know, what I was interested in, Right. you know, the more I'm, I, I, I talked about it, you know, I think I've, I've heard or seen you talk about the law of attraction before, <laughs> and that came into reality, bro. Like, mm. You know, the more I talked about it with people on campus, older juniors and seniors, they pointed me in the direction of the Keller Center. And as I talked about my businesses at the Keller Center, uh, you know, they actually pointed me into the direction of another ABPA, uh, alumni Dennis Brownlee who helped me for a long long time mm. and is still a mentor of mine uh, to, th- to this day uh, you know with my companies in the past um, you know just I, I've been connected with professors who who are you know geniuses in terms of what I'm, what I'm trying to accomplish in other businesses so you know really just that that law of attraction and that you know the harnessing of, of I need to get out and kind of figure out what other people are into um, you know, that's, that's really where I got the most value and really learned the most out of Princeton, really those, those networks and those connections. Um, you know, that's, I think one of the things that, that for uh, I know that they, I know that they market and kind of get out there and say that they have a, that it's a, you know, it's about the network. You know, Coach Hughes always said it's a 40 year decision, not a four year decision. Mm-hmm. sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think that that's something that is really understated. Even though they do a big, like, a good job of telling how much it is, it's like no. Like I tell everybody, like this is a this is a true family. Like this right. is a really just something that is something extremely special, and you feel a part of from the time you know you walk off that campus, and you know from a lot of times on that campus as well. So you know, that's really you know, I, I really, really believe that the networks really what made the entire experience for me.
0: Mm. Trev, I couldn't agree more, man. Now tell now tell us all how how do you go from graduating to uh, you know I don't know if it was maybe four or five years later to to getting on the thirty under thirty fours thirty under thirty list like that's first and foremost uh, congratulations that's an incredible accomplishment how how did you Thank do it? You, bro.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, in reality, we. we- I, I truly, truly, truly give a lot of the credit to uh, my partner, Logan Cohen, for mm. having the idea to go to a school in Philadelphia and actually teach a class on entrepreneurship. Mm. While at the same time, give as much information and feedback on our product post and oh, sorry pre and post launch when we were starting Kudzu. You know, she's from Philadelphia. And she actually. You know, she was, I was living at home at the time and she said, Trev, you know, I, I connected with this. Uh, I got connected with this principal. You know, he's going to let us use our product at the school, but he said he needs us to teach a class. And I was at first, like, I, I there's, there's so many things I'd rather be doing
2: uh, right, right, than
1: going to this class, you know, every week. Um, and, but she continued to push on it. And we eventually, uh, you know, we eventually put a curriculum together Went down their taught class. You know, half of the class was dedicated towards actually you know, learning entrepreneurship, how to pitch your idea, how to formulate a deck, how to you know, how to prove the viability of a product, etc. And then half the class was dedicated strictly to kids, figuring out exactly what these students wanted, what kind of rewards they liked, um, when to actually acknowledge them, how to how to shape our entire social media approach. Works and that is what really helped us develop a product that you know, half a million students in 185 different countries uh, really related to. And we, uh, yeah, the uh, the fourth thing that was great. Um, you know, accolades are, are cool and you know they they can do a lot for you. Um, for me, there again wasn't as much as the accolade. The accolade helped, and it's got me in a lot of doors. It's helped out a lot, or could do as well. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing for, you know, we got out of 40 was the network again. Right. Um, being able to be around people who are your are your peers in that in the, I'm not even going to say in the truest sense, because there's a lot of people under 30 doing really amazing things um, that don't get acknowledged a lot. But, you know, it was a, it was a good sample size of people who are really kinda of thinking the same or in my in my mind thinking along the same along the same lines of what I was trying to accomplish and you know where I wanted to be and really just the same idea that I kinda of had at Princeton in the sense that hey I don't really care how old I am like there are no limits, there are no ceilings, mm. you know, high and, and really people who are consolidating what that looks like and consolidated how do we you know, with all of this opportunity, with all this power, how do you consolidate that and you know drive at one thing that's going to be strong and consistent and true, um, and decide you know, what that is? So that was—I I think that was you know, how we got to the Forbes list, and really also what we pulled away from it.
0: Now, I, I skipped a couple steps, but can you give me a short synopsis of? uh, what Kudzu is, how long you were there, and then you know I want to talk a little bit about this this entrepreneurial mindset and how it's um, playing into where you are now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Kudzu is a platform, free mobile app that rewards students for academic achievements. Students exchange their good grades, their daily trivia, their attendance for points Kudzu cash that they can use to buy. Gift cards, discounts, once-in-a-lifetime experiences, uh, and other things of that nature. Um, so I started that right after Princeton. Really, you know, with the idea with the idea that uh, kids from Chicago, because from the South Side, were, were no dumber than the kids at Princeton. Mm. You, know, I, I, I had to, you know, I had you really, know, was very fortunate to have the opportunity to see both kind of two sides of the spectrum. Um, in the sense that I grew up with kids from Chicago, from south side where I'm from, and you who know, didn't have the same opportunities that I did, or uh, kids at Princeton. And, you know, they fell into whatever traps or, or did not achieve their ultimate potential as, you know, we've been allowed to, you know, the the, the opportunity to pursue. Right. Um, you know, when I got to Princeton, I started hanging out with kids. Went to Exeter, or went to you know, all these different fancy boarding schools, petty whatever it might have been, Lawrenceville. And I realized why they were really, really smart. You know, people that I grew up with, people that I knew, who were sitting in in jail cells, who were passed away, like, well, mm. you could run circles around me, and you could run circles around them, given mm. the proper motivation, given the proper opportunity. And that was something that really, really affected me during my entire time, for Princeton, so, you know, that was really why we started up to do, that was really the core meaning for it, Um, ran that uh, for five years, and, you know, started looking for something else that I wanted to do, and during that time, I reached out to Quake Capital, and we had, you know, we had uh, connected before and exchanged notes, and Exchanged uh, contacts, and I stayed in touch with the team. I really, really, really like what they were doing because they're a venture capital firm. We're a venture capital firm. Mm-hmm. I keep saying they I've only been four months, so still a weird weird. <laughs> um, uh, we're a venture capital firm and accelerator, meaning that we invest uh, we invest in companies and then put them through a program that helps them really de-risk uh, their their startup. So all of the you know as venture capitalists, we go in and we look for reasons not to give money. We look for reasons that this could go wrong or, you know, reasons why we wouldn't make our money back all to make an informed decision and actually invest in somebody. Um I really, really was attracted to them because everybody on the team had been a founder before. Okay. You know, a lot of capitalists, a lot of investors that I had pitched before had never run their own company. So that meant a lot to me because I feel like you can't really you can't really completely 100% judge entrepreneurs decisions or founders uh, decisions in terms of de- business development or who they hire or approaches to growth um, if you haven't sat in their seat right so right. having been a founder myself before quite really attracted me because it had the opportunity to Really dive deep with a group of uh, VCs that, a group of investors that had been a part of these things, had been in the trenches before, been a part of teams before, understood the, the decisions that um, entrepreneurs made just like me. Mm-hmm. So, right now, I'm, as a principal, I'm running the logistics for the cohort. You um, know, our accelerator, I am making, I'm connecting teams with investors, mentors. Uh, helping see more deals for Quake as a whole, uh, it's a really, really awesome opportunity on the other side of the table that really allows me to, you know, kind of see everything that uh, other investors were seeing and and could do when we were pitching, and learn how to do it better.
0: Man, is it not? Is it a weird feeling being in now a situation? It almost seems like the first five years prepared you for where you are now.
1: Uh it is weird. Yeah, it's for sure. Weird. Uh, oh my God. You know, just to see what these teams are going through. I, depending on the day, I either have FOMO or I'm either mm. either really happy that I'm not the one going through it. <laughs>
0: That's real. <laughs> Is are there are there any? Uh, I don't know how many how, how much you can disclose. Are there any uh, new exciting projects or, or or partnerships that you're working on right now?
1: Uh, me personally. Nothing, or, or are you talking about Quake in general? Uh,
0: either, either way, either or.
1: Um, Quake does. I don't know how much I can dive into it. Gotcha. Um, we've had some press, however. Uh, we were just named one of the top ten VC's in the nation, in the world that you should be pitching right now for wow. entrepreneurs. That was by Forbes, uh, and then Crunchbase actually named us as the number two most invested VC in the world in female founders, honestly. wow. wow. Um, yeah, uh personally, um not too much, man. Honestly I am learning as much as I can on this side of the business. There's a couple as you know, I got a couple of things that, you know, mostly that I'm I'm fleshing out. But one of the things I think I've learned from to do is is to, you know, kind of walk down the hill, not run, you know, mm. take your time. Do the most due diligence, figure out exactly the best way to pinpoint, and go about strategizing your business and uh, not really worry about the, the timeline, you know, especially when you're when you're starting off. So I'm right. I'm, I'm collecting information, doing due diligence on a couple of things I'm thinking about, but nothing, nothing in concrete yet.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, man, I got to tell you from my perspective. And I'm I'm glad we're starting this podcast, man, to kind of catch up and, and hear about the amazing things that alum are doing. But from Chicago and meeting, I told I told Derek, man, I think you were the first guy I met on campus. Yeah. <laughs> back yeah. back I'm back. In the, ben, right? Man, back in the day, you know, young, 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 both young, man, trying to figure out what the next step was. So to just hear, you know, to hear your story and to be able to share it. I think is really cool and inspiring for uh, everyone who gets a chance to listen, man, because uh, the honesty of it, of, of kind of following your passions and, and understanding that <laughs> everything that we're talking about with the relationships that you build are everything, man. So uh, personally, I just want to say, keep up, keep it up, man. You're inspiring me. You're inspiring a lot of our peers and people that are hear this. So keep, keep doing the good work. And uh, if there are, um, undergraduates uh, at Princeton and uh, you know uh, other uh, Princeton alum who want to get in touch with you. Uh, what's the best way they can do that?
1: Um, best way to do that is probably through uh, LinkedIn. Okay. Um, you just I'm on I'm Trevor Wilkins on LinkedIn. I check it pretty consistently, so that's probably the best way to get in touch with me.
0: I love it, man. It's all about connection. It's all about connection. Hey, yep, thank, yep. You for, thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it.
1: Man, yeah, thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate it, man.
0: Absolutely, man. And we will be back next time. That was the first episode. Uh, truth be told, we don't even have a name yet. Just know that this is a podcast uh, brought to you by the Association of Black Princeton Alumni. Uh, talk soon. Princeton family, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are now officially launched as the ABPA podcast. That's right, the Association of Black Princeton Alumni Podcast. Uh, so, thank you so much for your support. A few notes to to consider and to take to take away from this. Number one, um, if you could tell one other alumni about this. So, if you if you listened and you're listening right now. Um, find a way to share with one person, not 10, not 15, one, share with one person that you know, that's how we really get something going. Number two, if you have any ideas about, um, future guests, please email me. So my name is Isaac Serwanga and my email is my last name dot first name at com. That's S E R W A N G A. That's an N like Nancy dot isaac i s a a c at gmail.com. dot dot at gmail dot com shoot me an email um title it abpa um you know abpa interview ideas or interview guests um and just let me know what you're thinking number three and this is a bit different but Think about if there are people who uh, you know very well. So, for example, I know Trevor uh, very well. We went to school together. But if there are individuals who you would like to have a conversation just like this and record the podcast yourself, that would be incredible. Right. So if we could have more Princeton alum talking to their friends about their experience and highlighting their ups and downs, opportunities, the best parts of Princeton, the highlights, the goods and the bads. Uh I think that can make for just a just an incredible uh community, right? So the, the real goal I, I lied. There is a goal to, to this podcast and that's just to create community and and allow it to live online. So it doesn't matter if you're in Frankfurt, Germany or Sacramento, California or Houston, Texas or Toronto, it really doesn't matter where you are. Uh you can still feel that the orange and black is is alive and present and well and thriving, right? So let's continue that, uh, that push. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Until next time.